Hello, America. Thaddeus Bugs with the Minority Wine Report and the podcast Wine in Black and White. We're at the Vice Estate, which is a lovely property uh, just off of uh, Silverado Trails here in uh, Napa Valley, close to Howe Mountain, I think, right? Now, yeah, okay. we're on the foothills of Howe Here with the owner, operator, wine. He's going to tell us all of his different roles here. I, I know absolutely nothing about you other than I thought your name was Malik and then I got straightened out that it's Malik. It is Malik. Malik is the nickname. God. Okay, we still got it wrong. Okay. Malik is Malik? Malik. Yeah, Malik is Malik is my own. That's name, that's what you that you okay, very yeah. good. So let's start from the beginning. How did this all come about? He has a beautiful property, house, beautiful deck, beautiful. Everything looks very nice. You and I met about a year, a little bit over a year ago at uh, at, at one of the uh, Napa Valley um, collective. And, 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 and you suckered this guy right here to my right end to uh, buying a lot of wine from you at that point. <laughs> Not really. Okay, so. And Sierra's been doing a great job too. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. She might need a tidy bit of a raise. So <laughs> she is getting one today. Oh, see. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Tell us about the vice. Where did it come from? How did it start? And let's just start from the beginning. All right. So I got to go all the way back. I was born in Morocco, uh, and uh, my father was a pilot, so traveled a lot. It was a huge wine all, loved wine, and um, uh, started tasting wine, smelling, tasting wine with my father at the age of eight, really. It made me start smelling wine at eight, tasting at 11, tasting spit, taste just little Mm -hmm. sips. And then um, at 16, I graduated high school. I went to med school in West Africa in Senegal. I did one year there and then realized that I didn't want to be a doctor. I was miserable studying medicine and um, I decided um, to not pursue college at the time or university and just wanted to uh, make money. So That's all right. That's part of the program here. We're on a podcast, so shit happens, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're good. Oh, don't worry about that. Clean up in aisle two. <laughs> and so while we're taking a little pause and uh, we got a little clean up in aisle two. Well, do you recall the what type of wines your dad was drinking back then? Most of it uh, French, some Italian, some Spanish, okay. and a lot of Moroccan wine. Is are there actually some decent Moroccan yeah, wines? Yeah, there are. So, uh, what, is there a certain grape varietal they're based off of, or just just traditional? Yeah. So Morocco is like my city, Casablanca, where I was born. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact latitude as LA. Mm. Morocco and California have the same topography, same almost geology, and both facing major, major ocean to the west. Uh, there's a lot of cab. A lot of Rhone varietals, Syrah, mm-hmm. Sansol, Grenache, Mouvedre. I'll say 80% production is red, 10% is white, 10% is rosé. Uh, the whites, there's some Chardonnay, there is Claret, there is uh, Marsan, Roussan. Uh, again, Rhone varietal. Now they're planting more Sauvignon Blanc, but it's a red wine country. 
Moroccans drink a lot of wine, um, although not a lot of them not openly in public, but mm. they do drink a lot of wine and they don't know how to drink. Maybe, um, maybe <laughs> is that, from, is that from religious uh, point of view or just, it's just cultural? So, yeah, okay. from a religious standpoint, like most people don't drink during Ramadan, but outside of Ramadan, people do drink and drink in Morocco. There's no such thing as having a glass of wine. People will shame you to say I'm drinking a glass or two. Drinking means I want to get shit faced. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, so it's binge drinking. So mm -hmm. it's like. Um, so it's like my father and my uncle got together and other uncles got together every single Friday, Saturday. And uh, my uncle showed up with no less than two bottles of wine for him, not for, <laughs> for him. Exactly. So, and my uncle actually prayed. So the funny part, he oh. would pray the last prayer at night, then start drinking. So it's kind of weird growing, growing up in such a uh, culture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I was exposed to wine at an early age and uh, spending a year in Senegal, I had no wine. I only had beer and really bad spirits um, and I missed wine. Um, my Most of my childhood, my father didn't fly the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and I, as far as I can remember, he'll leave his bedroom every Saturday or Sunday, 11 a.m. with a glass of wine, Bordeaux glass, mm -hmm. on his hand. Um, so you're in Senegal, no wine. I uh, really missed it. I didn't know I would end up doing this, to be honest. When I moved to New York, I just wanted to make money and save money. So between the age of 18 and 21, I've done everything in the restaurant world, wine world-wise. At the, my first six months, I was a... Um, pretty much a homeless in New York. I live in the streets, I live really in the subway, predominantly uh, the MTA system, uh, bouncing around. The first two, three months, I did everything from being a dry cleaner to uh, delivery boy to everything. And then I realized I wanted to get my hands on booze for free and I wanted to meet women. So I, uh, you know, uh, I, my observation at the time, men went to sports bar, women went to wine bars. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of like, it was like the writing on the wall. I, I got to work at a wine bar or a cocktail place. And uh, I got lucky because I was working at this juice place and the guy fired me. He's like, you're too good for this. And I cried my mind out. I was like, I... Um, um, I really need the job and he's like you're better than this and uh, my next job was a bar back at a cocktail place that had a decent wine program and three weeks later the bartender called out sick and I got thrown into behind the bar mm -hmm. so that's how it all started for me uh, so again between 18 and 21 worked the restaurant world 80 to 100 plus hours a week on my uh, three days after my 21st birthday, I got a job with uh, the largest distributor in New York representing Diageo and Moa Hennessy brands on premise. So I started with a beginner territory and um, kind of did that for almost 10 years. During those 10 years, 
uh, I was the top sales guy year after year, month after month. Out of 116 months of employment, I was a top rep, quota performer, 112. So really obsessively trying to be the best. And I'll tell you how I did that. But, uh, well, I'll tell you. I lived in, I was based in Manhattan. My territory was in Manhattan and I rode motorcycles 12 months a year. So my, uh, my, uh, my, my strategy was if the ever salesperson sees about five, six, seven accounts a day, I'm going to see 20. So I always saw more people and didn't have appointments. So it's just the guy that shows up. If you're available to see me, I'm here. If not, But it's you, fine. you couldn't have had wine with you though, right? Or you did? Of course. On the back of, of the motorcycle? Yeah, I had a... I had all type of motorcycles, but the the <laughs> max I've carried once was four cases on no, a motorcycle. No one in front of me, one underneath me. I had a storage underneath, and two stacked up. I have a picture of it. You won't believe it. And it was Hennessy, believe it or not. Uh, somebody's like, I have a party, and the delivery didn't show up. I was like, I'll be there. But uh, I, uh, yeah, so. I, I made a name for myself and I was very trustworthy with what I, you know, I never promised something I didn't deliver. So I was really into wine and traveling to wine, uh, wine regions. So I used to travel out of New York. It was much easier to go to Europe and South America yeah. and started doing direct import on the side. So I was importing small batch real wines, not you know, conventional formula wine, small batch wines and selling them to my relationships, to uh, people that I worked with, about 20 to 25 accounts. And I was selling either like a quarter pallet, half a pallet, full pallet. I wasn't selling a case or two. Yeah. It's like you're either buy the glass with me or not. Uh, so in my mid-20s, I, you know, realized that I was doing it i've done everything in the wine world except make wine and i was paying a lot of money in taxes within three years i was almost paying seven digits in taxes and i was like how do i do this i'm working 100 plus hours a week um a lot of it you know yeah. gets it's like and the joke always in the wine business here in napa is if you want to make a million dollars in the in Napa, you start with five or you start with ten. So the joke was, you got to lose money. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so 2013, I was determined to lose a little money. So I wanted to start the vice. To me, the vice, the name itself, comes from my vice is wine, but the vice to me is Napa. Out of all the wine regions in the world, Huge fan of Bordeaux, Burgundy. Really, I'm a champagne guy. Burgundy, uh, everything. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred thousand percent. Yeah, I am too. But Napa is very. Is Napa is the vice. So back in 2013, looking at, um, I really wanted when I was starting the vice. I needed a name that was. I could have put my last name Amrani on it. Those everybody's last name is on a label, but at the time. Craft beer was it with the names. They were like really getting kooky and crazy between 08 and I don't know, until maybe like 15, 2015 mm -hmm. when craft beer hit a point. 
but Wine was still very conservative. And the two names that were like bothering me at the time was The Prisoner and 19 Crimes. I'm like, who's drinking a wine called The Prisoner or 19 Crimes? So I thought The Vice would be a really good name for a wine because one, it was uh, easy to remember. Two, it meant a lot to me. It meant everything to me, what wine is. And um, three was that thevice.com was for sale. They wanted half a million dollars. I negotiated with them and they're like down to 60 and then it was like down to 5,000 and I bought it for a lot less than that. All within a few emails. Um, and so I acquired thevice.com and decided to uh, name Device Device. My, the, 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 the idea of the vice was to be a solution for me first before the consumer was for me because coming here to Napa since 2009 uh, one I was never able to find a winery that breaks down the valley into the 16 sub-regions we make wine from 14 sub-AVAs plus, plus Pope Valley two most wineries make two three four varietal wines so I wanted to like really discover Napa beyond the Cabernet and Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc and I wasn't able to find that. Everybody was, you know, few wineries make maybe five, six varietals. Yeah. Today we do 18. This vintage will probably do 23. And most importantly, although I did really well at the time, you know, in New York having a business and working for LVMH and Diageo, um, I was always, always frugal, so I never cared about, to me, value is subjective. So I never wanted to like spending $250 on a bottle of wine or spending $70. I'd rather spend $70 and enjoy the $70 bottle more. So I really wanted, I really wanted to find a brand that made Napa Valley accessible and I couldn't find this mixture of accessibility Accessibility in terms of varietals, not just price points, and breaking down Napa like the French do with Bordeaux and Burgundy. So that's why I honestly wanted to start the Vice because I was like, well, there is an opportunity that's an open wide space for me, and I'm not fourth or fifth generation. I'm going to be the first. So that's what's going to separate the Vice from the rest of the pack. Everything we do today at the Vice, we go against the grain. So being a Napa Valley wine brand, even today you go around in the valley, we are in the top 10 to 15% of producers now in Napa Valley by volume. We do 27,000 cases. 80% of Napa Valley wineries make less than 5,000 cases. But anywhere you go, you're not gonna find the vice. Maybe a couple spots, maybe the pizzeria here, they have my orange wine. Most wineries around the world, they start where they are, expand to the next town, they expand to statewide, maybe hopefully one day nationwide and then international. We did just the opposite. Started out of Napa. Although the brand was born in New York, the brand is Napa. I started building East Coast markets, moved on a little bit to Illinois, Georgia, part of Florida. East Coast, Texas. Yeah, some in Florida. Yeah, Florida. We do really well yeah, in Florida. Florida. Probably is going to be our number one market yeah, this yeah, next year. And... Um, Japan is our fourth market. But how do you how do you maintain um, uh, 
great quality in producing so many brands. Who's the winemaker? Let's start with that. Yeah. Who's the winemaker? So in the beginning, I had a full-time consultant winemaker. Okay. That's full-time. And then I hired a lot of big name winemakers that will took on a six week to eight week project as a side gig, signing NDAs. Mm -hmm. um, for me, so I'll explain to you, trying to make 18 different varietals, I thought it would be impossible to find a person that will excel at all of them. To me, just like food, unless you worked at a cruise ship, you're just gonna be an average just cooking all type of foods, if that makes any sense. Most of chefs excel at one cuisine. A chef that's a Michelin star in French cuisine is not a Michelin star in Japanese cuisine. And same thing with varietals. I do believe that some winemakers make Sauvignon Blanc better than Cap, or they make uh, Merlot better than Petit Syrah. Okay. They specialize in a varietal. So That's I brought fair. in a lot of consultant winemakers, um, and you'd be surprised. And it costs as much, it's a couple thousand dollars, few thousand dollars for someone to come in and oversee things for six weeks or two two months. Mm -hmm. um, and we make wine at five different facilities. So every single winery has their own winemaking crew okay so not only i had a consultant winemaker i had my own full-time winemaker that quit on me harvest 2021 um after many years being together and it was the best best thing honestly that happened but in the beginning it was all for me it was just learning from what people do and um, our philosophy has always been less is more so all our wines here, unfiltered and unfined. We don't filter, we don't add anything to the wines, don't subtract the wines from anything. And I know ratings are extremely subjective, but if you just look at the last three years between Wine Spectator and James Suckling, just these two, we have 46 90 plus points rated wines in the last three years, just from these two, not counting the canter and wine enthusiasts and the rest of the, 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 the press. Um, never got a 94 points from the above I just listed, so it's between 90 and 93. Mm -hmm. So it's been very consistent, very decent wine at a good price. What's the first vintage of the Vice wine? 2013. Was so a 2013, you had a Chardonnay, and you probably wasn't making very, very many wines back then. Right? 500 cases. 2014, we did almost 200 cases of Cab. How many 20, different brands? Just. 2013, 14, 15 was all one. One, yeah. 2016, okay. we made white Sauvignon Blanc, Rosé, Pinot Noir, mm -hmm. and Cab, Howl Mountain Cab. And that was our breakthrough. And in 17, we're like, now it's time to. I still had my two, I had my business and I had my job in 17. And it was probably one of my most stressful years because I had. I was living a double life and I had a, a, I had the vice that was up and coming and I was pouring more into it and now you start to get some ratings, some reviews. My first, nobody wanted to taste our wines. I had to fly to London, well they, London wine competition accepted our wines and it was going to cost $700 to ship a case and say, screw that, yeah. I'm flying, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm flying, I'll bring the wine myself. and. Then we got a bronze and a gold, um, and um, so that kind of gave us gave us a boost. And in seventeen, we really started breaking down the valley. Eighteen, 
we made wines from all five mountains of Napa and we've never looked back. We just started, we just kept expanding ever since. It was a bit challenging in 20 actually, 2020 was probably our best year ever because when everybody was scared, the fires and everybody was was panicking, I doubled down because I was driving around my pickup truck and I bought as much fruit as I can from Coonsville and Oakland, Carneros, who's knocking on doors, cutting checks, creeping for grapes still hanging on the vine. And um, uh, this is a 2020, do you smell smoke? Actually, we made wine from Cabernet. The furthest off we went was St. Helena, but we did Oakville, uh, we should probably open Oakville 2020 cab today and other 20s. Does some of that show up like later on down the road or I mean, you, you know, you can't you tell you from think? the get go. Depend first of all, it depends on you pick. You yeah. know, 80% of cab was picked before fires. There maybe 85%. There was the super high end, the people that want to over extract yeah, things yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, hanging. but it, it's it's the perception for, for a lot of people. Like uh we've just left Schaefer and they they just got rid of they got rid of all of the twenty twenty. Yeah. They just they just didn't want to deal with the, the issue coming up. Yeah. Because, you know, that's yeah, you know, a lot of money over there, and that's why too. Yeah. And also insurance. Insurance. If you have insurance, yeah. You get paid off. So so a lot of worth. people, um, is the insurance optional? F it, I'm not gonna pick, and okay. you get paid up front or within a few months or a few weeks mm -hmm. of what okay. the one would be worth. But no, this right now I can't detect any taint, tainted, uh, any smoky, you know. Um, no, there I, isn't. No. no, there isn't. No, so, this was Oaknall. So, yeah. as I said, most of the one we made in 2020 is from southern Napa, but I was buying grapes for the Coonsville, too, right? Yeah. I'm making a lot more wine from Coombsville. In yeah. fact, that's Paul Hobbs. He likes that area quite a bit. Yeah, he does. We do 14 AVAs, sub AVAs. Mm -hmm. I'll say about 70% of our production is just split right now between Oakland, Coombsville, and Carneros. Mm -hmm. So, a lot, 10 different varietals from Carneros. I'm a huge believer in Carneros, the Napa side, obviously. And, and I enjoyed the Chardonnay, the first one we had from the Carneros. Napa I thought it was very nice, yes. Thank you. I thought it was very nice. Down the road, uh, which, which, what's your five year plan? Where, where's the vice? Now, I see now, do you, did you rename it now the Vice Estate? Is that the. Just is the that place here. Just the place here. So. Still, you're just the vice wine on, on most yep. other outlets. Yeah. Okay. We want it that. to be that. Uh, the The plan has always been the same. No matter what goes on, it's always been the same. Personally, I won't feel satisfied until the French themselves drink the vice and praise it. So That's going to be tough. It's going to be a long time. But That's going to be tough, man, because, you know, I mean, unless you go up on Howe Mountain and go visit Dunn and have a bottle yeah. that's 20 years old and they smell the James Brown on it, you know. But I'm just saying, you know, terroir is tough and you just have to get to the right place. I'm not saying that you will not, but no, you understand the, that, right? The, cons the French consumer itself is changing big time. So even if you go to France right now and you look at 
the the you know the millennial Gen Z consumer, they're really not drinking the Bordeaux. They're not very terroir driven. They're more they are playing with iPhones, eating McDonald's, drinking Coca-Cola. They're that's and believe it or not, it's a, the craziest thing to be trendy there is drinking Jack Daniels, which over here it's like whatever. It's like yeah. such a thing in Europe. It's because it's American. Um, they still think we make whatever wine here in the U.S. And I um, that's just a, a little goal of mine that you know I envision for one day for the French to seek Napa Valley wines, predominantly Napa, but. Um, five your goal continue to go against the grain my uh, my vision is to um, be the fresh voice here in Napa Valley um, for the next generation of consumer we are equally split between baby boomers our sales between baby boomers Gen X and Millennials so any marketing guru will tell you pick your demographic and target it we absolutely cannot where it, it's such a good problem, I guess, to have, but we are equally split between all age groups. And uh, looking around me in the valley, we are 553 vintners. I'm very active, uh, and I hope to be even more active within Napa Valley Vintners um, organization. But just looking around, out of 553, there are very, very, very few that are my age group and that are got self-started everybody's like second third fourth fifth generation so i really want people to believe that this is doable and it's possible and they can come in and believe in um you know that the the napa dream is is still alive after 50 plus years almost since 1976 a lot of people are looking at paso and looking at other wine regions but there's still potential here in the next 10 10 years you ask me about five i really look at it five to ten years there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of transfer of wealth. There's going to be a lot of, of course, shifts absolutely. happening. And, um, you know, Napa is Napa, yes, because of the people, but also because of its terroir. You know, some of the most diverse soils on the planet. The weather is still, to me, is perfect. No matter what the vintages are like, we still... You know, we still do really well vintage to vintage and um, Cabernet's king. It is. And we planted more. Yeah, no, here. Uh, I, I really enjoyed your Cap Franc also. Thank you. I thought it was very nice. Yeah, but you, as you said, that the Cap Franc can be a little finicky. It can be made in different styles from year right. to year or whatever. Yeah. But I thought the, 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 the one that you, what, what was the year on the Cap Franc we had, Brian? 19. Was, 19? Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Yes. Okay, interesting conversation. Hopefully, we can come back and visit again sometime in the future. And it's Malik 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 Malik, Malik. Malik is the real name. Okay, so Malik what? Is what, what is your? What do your dad? What does your dad call you? So Malik is uh, is the everyday <laughs> nickname. Uh -huh. If I hear Malik, uh -huh. I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> you get my attention. Yeah. Hey, so, oh, so one other thing, you can do me a favor. This yeah. guy claims to be ex-athlete, ex-diver, triathlete. Can you just can you kick his ass at everything? Yeah. What, but you, but haven't you haven't you been diving and uh, like running and biking and I, all that I, shit? I don't bike, but I'm yeah, I did, I've done a marathon. I did San Francisco. <laughs> See there. Marathon, See there. <laughs> <laughs>
No, but, you look like, it, like, yeah. I mean, I saw you last July because of the Valley Collective. Yes. I don't remember these. I don't remember the. Oh, no, I don't lift ever. Okay. So everybody thinks I'm a. I, I never lift. Swimming. Honestly, it's so actually running, carrying, oh, yeah. running, yeah. and he's, then he's also just swimming. Got good genes. Yeah, good genes. Sometimes you're just born like that. But anyway, <laughs> he got he bit it on your uh, wine, and you got like this third third double, place or whatever. Yeah, yeah third place. Me an extra case. Thank you. Right, yes. But he, he he's kind of afraid to drink it because it's not within his five year rule. No, I have drink. I've drank like four <laughs> bottles of it. So All right. Good. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Great conversation with the Vice Wines. Uh, looking forward to talking to Malik Malik in the future. You're not in any trouble, so you're all good. All right. the wines are really good, and yeah. and we'll come back and see each other soon. Thanks for your Thank hospitality. You. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Thank yeah. you. So the next one.